Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Joining us now here on the flagship podcast, and welcome in everybody. We always appreciate you uh, taking some time with us here on the flagship podcast interview. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't waste your time. We bring the thunder, and bringing the thunder today is one of my favorite people uh, because he just sees a vision and he goes and he creates the vision, and that's what he's doing right now. Former Longhorns running back. Jeremy Hills uh, played for the Longhorns on that 2008 team that I, I think should have played for a national championship, probably was the best team in the country that year, um, played on the 09 team that went to the national championship game, redshirted in 2010. Is that right, Jeremy Hills? That's right. That's right. That's right. And I had to put some stuff together. Well, that's why that season sucked, because you weren't playing. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll let that be the reason. <laughs> okay, all right, and then uh, finished up in 2011, and uh, and since then, Jeremy Hills, uh, whose uh, older brother is Tony Hills, who also played for the Texas Longhorns uh, for the longest time. Tony had the distinction of being the last offensive lineman drafted right. um, from Texas until Connor Williams finally snapped that string uh, in. It took way too long for that to happen, but uh, Jeremy now is an elite, and I mean elite, performance coach, and we're going to talk to him about some of that today because he's got a new, um, I mean, it's a facility. It's not a gym. It's a facility, the collective that is opening in Austin, and and Jeremy, how are you doing, my man? I'm good, brother. Um, it is no shortage of work. Uh, enjoyable work, but work nonetheless. So uh, trying to make sure that I'm taking a proper time to, to practice what I preach and do all the recovery methods to make sure that we can keep operating at a high level. But well, I'm, excited. I'm excited. Well, and when I say you're an elite performance coach, you're an elite performance coach because you train the elite. I mean, everyone, um, you know, from former Longhorns, you know, Kenny Vaccaro, um, and Earl Thomas, um, to, um, Jalen Ramsey. Um, and I'll let you fill, I mean, the list is long and you've got a huge event coming up on July 10th, but, um, with a ton of NFL players coming in. Um, but you, you tell me, uh, because I think the last time we talked, you were transitioning into doing your own thing. So take us from, you were working with on it and now it's, it's Jay Hills. Right, right, man. Yeah, no, that what a time. We, we had some some a great three years at On It, and uh, a lot of growth took place there. But, I mean, that's with the understanding that nothing is forever. I think we got accomplished exactly what we were supposed to. And what I'm grateful for is I had the opportunity to learn under some, some really good business people how to run a business. 
And uh, once once that part happened and I fully understood it, you know, you kind of graduate with your degree. It's like what you're going to do. Right. So I, I, I applied those same teachings and I'm excited to bring the collective to the Austin community because I think it's something that the Austin community is is uh, is ready for. I mean, all inclusive, not only training facility, but really like uh, the, the intersection. I think we're bridging a gap or we live on an intersection of of performance and community. I think it. It, it, uh, it, it will provide a space for creatives to get together and create. Uh, I'm excited that we have some of the most talented people on board, man. I, uh, I, I'm just, a part of me is almost in shock still that I was able to convince somehow these amazing, talented, seasoned professionals to, to leave the current places of work or the current businesses and, and join me on this venture. Um, Dr. Samuel Sneed, who's been in practice here, probably the best chiropractor or the most known chiropractor in the city of Austin. He's been in practice for forever. And, and for him to say, you know, I, I'll, I'll join you in that. Or Dr. Alexis uh, Griffin, or, you know, with her, her reputation in Chicago and what she's done with Exos, uh, for her to come down and, and do physical therapy for us. Or, you know, one of the first trainer hire I had was Eric Wachowski, and he's in Brooklyn, New York. And I mean, he's known for training all of the Victoria's Secret models and, and his claim to fame is he was uh, the man behind uh, Victor Cruz's uh, whole run from an undrafted free agent to, you know, MVP or just what was he, Super Bowl MVP or MVP? And Victor Cruz had that, that, that successful career. So for him to relocate from Brooklyn when he's been there his entire life because he believes in his vision is uh, something that I'm proud about, happy about. And. I'm excited to to bring these high level professionals all under one building and see how we can cohesively uh, bring something to the Austin community that I truly believe this community is ready for. Okay, so the collective, take me through how the collective and tell everyone where it's located and all of its its glory that uh, that your clients and and your new uh, coworkers will be will be working in. Yeah, so uh, 200 Academy Drive is the physical address, right? Um, Austin, Texas, 78704. And if you if you are an Austin native or have been for a while, and you you know 78704, we're talking right there in the middle of the city. Uh, we're we're basically on South Congress. We are um, three minutes and 47 seconds when you're talking about walking distance door to door from the new Soho House that they just put on South Congress, and um, it, it's 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 kind of surreal being on it's like in the middle of this vibrant amazing city but um i, I think it, it speaks to the vision and, and the hard work that's going in to, to make this happen and then the collective as a whole it's it's truly that it's a collective it's a it's a collection of high-end services from people that care um we put a, a full spa in the training facility which comes with the infrared sauna uh cold plunges um compression boots, a recovery lounge, a lounge space, um, masseuse. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of, of convincing uh, some, some pretty talented masseuse from the NBA to, to relocate here and, and be our full-time masseuse. So cross your fingers on, for me on that one, Chip. But uh, you hey, know, with we, your personality, they'll be, they'll be here. <laughs> there we go. But uh, again, the chiropractic services, physical therapy services, um, they, we, we have classes that we're teaching for that with our trainers. We have a, a Pilates space, a yoga space. We have a 
uh, uh, we have multiple podcast space that are available for for Hello. not even rent. You literally just are, if you're a member, all you do is reserve time. And you know, I'm not the goal isn't to like try to nitpick and charge all of our members for every single thing, but instead, how about we grow the community we want and try to add as much value as possible. We dedicated 3,000 square feet of the facility to uh, uh, co-working space where we have hot desk and uh, private phone call booths, a uh, true WeWork style. We have uh, a lounge space with a movie theater type screen in there with more of a, a relaxed feel, which where the, the, the podcast area is as well. So uh, again, just trying to think of everything we could when we thought of like the modern day professional and how do we help her or help him in their day-to-day -day, you know, life and day-to-day journey. Um, a piece of that was the cafe offering. Um, we're talking people being there for a number of hours from training to recovery to community, then we understand that you know, one of America's pastimes is coffee. So when I, when I say that we, we dove into every detail of this thing, I went and found the healthiest coffee partner that we could, Chip. We found Super Coffee, and, and they're, they're down from New York, and their Super Coffee is, is, is in our building as a cafe provider. We're pro-mix nutrition for our actual protein provider. Pro, I think pro-mix is probably the cleanest supplement, the cleanest protein on the market right now. Like, um, and, and so for them to be like, everything that we do is intentional and is speaking to truly helping our entire community become the best versions of themselves, whatever that looks like. So uh, I'm excited to bring this concept to Austin. And, and one thing that I'm very happy about is that, we, Chip, we got a parking, we got a parking lot. To get a parking lot on South Congress was not the easiest thing in the world, but man, we got 175 spots specifically dedicated to our community, our membership base. And so like that alone, I'm just happy about that. I'm, I'm hanging my hat on like, once we got the parking lot, I was like, all right, everything else, whatever, <laughs> we're done. But, um, but no, but, but that's nothing. We, we, we tried our best to have like nothing slip between the cracks, like for us to really and carefully think of every single thing um, I remember would need in order to a be comfortable, b get work done, and c you know be a part of this community for the long run. Um, I mean this this is amazing. It's a you've created uh, an ideal environment for uh, healthy living, healthy working, and and so. Who do you envision as members of the of the collective? It's a great question. I love that question because in my eyes, that person looks like you, Chip. Okay. Like that person looks like me. That person looks like Jalen Ramsey. That person looks like um, freaking Jim Connolly, the, the CEO of Restore. Like It looks like people that are passionate about what they do and just want to do it around other passionate people and get healthier while doing it. That's what the collective member looks like to me personally. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, I've had the unique opportunity to work with professional athletes for now eight, nine years. Jesus, man. <laughs> nine years. And, and, you know, originally uh, we were kind of boxed in. Uh, Devin, my partner, Devin, my partner, Max, and myself, and, and where everybody thought that this was just a high-end sport performance facility. And I was like, let's not be let's not let's not get it twisted there will definitely be 
athletic-based training going on. That's happening, right? But that's not the meat and potatoes of this thing. This, this concept was really built around the idea that we can bring Chip Brown and Jalen Ramsey and Derwin James into the same space at the same time. They can all three be serviced at a high level. And then who knows what happens between them three? Like who knows what podcast comes out of Chip and Derwin becoming friends? Like that's, that's where the, the thought process was about going, you know, digging a little deeper and going a, a step further as far as truly servicing the people that are there in the building with us. That's awesome. And, and so this, uh, you mentioned uh, your, your partners and, and, and tell everybody when the collective is, is going to be opening. And then we'll get into your, your big charity event coming up on July 10th. Yeah. So we're looking at uh, mid-August for like the official opening. Um, we will have some special things in place leading up to that for our founding members and, you know, the, the, the people that truly are, are the rock and, and backbone of even allowing this to, to get off the ground and get going. But we, we officially anticipate being open by, by mid-August, man. So we're talking six weeks or so. Um, wow. I, we've been, this is a concept we like, it's coming to light now and it's been getting a lot of heat. But this is a concept that we've been working on since the back end of, of uh, 2019. And so to, for it to truly be here now is, uh, I'm not nervous, but I got that same excited feeling that I had when we ran out of that tunnel for the national championship, when we ran out of that tunnel to beat OU, when we ran out of that tunnel to, to, to beat Nebraska in the Big 12 championship. I got that same feeling right now. So um, I'm excited for it. Uh, we'll put everything we have into making this the, the best possible experience for everybody involved. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, uh, I know every Longhorn fan listening to that can, uh, can envision the energy of what you just described and, and this charity event you have coming up on, um, on July 10th. This is unbelievable. Tell, tell the folks about what, uh, what is going to be happening here with your, your, uh, your all-star camp here. Right. Right. So, uh, to what, what they say to tell the story of the present, you got to know your history, right? So, uh, this thing all started about four years ago. Um, one of my best friends, Earl Thomas, and one of my other really good friends, one of my best friends, David Mulligetta, we, we wanted to do something for the DBs because Earl was a natural teacher and wanted to, to teach younger defensive backs just the game of football because he loved it so much. And uh, we put together the Earl Thomas DB Week where guys from all around the league, some who are like now freaking household name superstars, would, would come and um, – they would train together for a week, literally get an Airbnb. They would stay together. It, I mean, it was some of like, it was the definition of iron sharpens iron. And, and then, you know, that group, my, my other guys from the other positions were like, Hey, when's the O-line week? Hey, when's the D-line week? Hey, when's the linebacker week? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You guys are interested in doing that as well. And this is like the organic growth of something that we thought was pretty cool. And then it just became just flat out special was we had to change it to NFL elite week. And the numbers went from eight guys to 16 guys to 23 guys to, you know, uh, last year due to, to, 
obvious reasons, the COVID situation, we weren't able to get together at all. But uh, Chip, last time we did this in 2019, we had about 23 guys. Wow. This year, we have 68 guys. Wow. We have 68. And I'm looking guys. at the list, and it's, I mean, it is a who's who. Yeah. From, uh, you know, um, Buda Baker to, uh, to Jeremy Pitts and Micah Parsons, Justin Fields, Joseph Osai, Alex Okafor, of course, your, your, uh, your brother from another mother, Kenny Vaccaro, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it is, it's an unbelievable list here. And, and so take people through the pro stars camp, July 10th. This is for, uh, for folks, um, six through 18, it's a one day camp, a $150 donation, uh, gets you in a $250 donation, gets you in to participate and assign football and picture with your favorite NFL star in attendance, a $500 donation gets you in for participation, the signed football and uh, picture with your favorite NFL star, as well as a VIP meet and greet afterward with all the NFL stars and the proceeds are benefiting the leukemia and lymphoma society, the, the Austin foster homes and Alex Okafor's survivor scholarship program. Yes, exactly. So the way that that started this year, and if I'm being hundred percent transparent where the bulk of this year's, like just the soar and participation um, happened was because of Alex Okafor. He's a special guy. And um, unfortunately his mother passed away just last year due to leukemia. And so he planned on doing something anyway. I don't know if you got a chance to read uh, or if if your listeners got a chance to read. uh, He penned an open letter in the Players' Tribune, just absolutely beautiful open letter to his late mother. And um, he he put together the scholarship fund, you know, with her in mind. And so he planned on doing something anyway. And he always gives back. Austin is his home. He always gives back to the Pflugerville community and Austin community. And so this year, you know, we just tapped him on the shoulder and said, basically, how can we help? And and, and that's where this came from. We, we wanted to raise the money to donate to those beautiful organizations that you just mentioned um, with that in mind, with his mom in mind, like with her spirit, anybody that knew her with that's she was and so um we put together a 100 donation based camp where the buy-in we knew would be easy but the only way you can participate is if you do your part to give back and that's what the donation is uh again 100 of proceeds are being donated we're not keeping a single red cent this isn't about us making money uh, we didn't pay on top of that and this is what i think is also really special we didn't pay a single athlete to come down Word of mouth got out and guys wanted to participate because it's the right thing to do, period. And, and that's that's one thing that I'm excited about is that, like, you know, sometimes these athletes get these raps one way or another. And it's like you don't get a chance to talk about these type of things like guys going out of their way just a week and a half before they report to camp and some they leave their families for months at a time. They're going out of their way to come to Austin. They'll spend a week training. They'll spend a week you know, collaborating together and we'll have kind of fun activities for them. And then they'll end the week with exactly that. What you're talking about is that pro stars camp on Saturday morning where they're out in the sun hours of their day, literally giving back to a community that is not necessarily their own. Some of these guys never been to Austin, let alone Texas before. And they're coming out here to give back 
in in the name of like philanthropy, in the name of good deeds, and just because simply it's the right thing to do. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Uh, I think the turnout is going to be amazing. I think that this is something that if I could urge every parent with a child that is just halfway interested in football, this is a camp you don't want to miss. Obviously, I'm a biased party here, but you tell me the last time you've seen a skills camp that had participation from 50 plus guys that are currently being paid to play the sport. Uh, This isn't one of those camps where it's one or two guys that have made it to the NFL and then they have their old buddies or former teammates helping them out. This is literally like, uh, for example, here, if if you're a DB who's 13 years old or 10 years old or 14, 15, 16 years old, you're having the opportunity to come to a camp where at any point through your drill work in your in your day, you're going to be coached by Quandre Diggs. Jamal Adams, Jalen Ramsey, like J.C. Horn, who just went, he was the first DB taken in this year's draft, Derwin James, Buddha Baker, like you have an all pro level caliber talent coach you throughout the day on your technique, your drills, and what it takes to improve your game. Like this doesn't happen often. I, and as long as I've been around this game, I haven't seen it at this magnitude. And we're doing it for the Austin community. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about current NFL players and it's a who's who list. Now, uh, Jeremy, um, where do people get more information about the Pro Stars camp? So, yeah, we, we uh, that's the thing, man. We're in a digital age now. So it was like, okay, how are we going to get? all of this information out about this camp so people can sign up so they can participate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we did it all mostly through uh, word of mouth on social media. We have a, a link set up where people can go to the faircatchfoundation.com and they can do everything they need to do there. Or they can email uh, faircatchfoundation at gmail.com for any like uh, information that they need or want. And, and then, well, registration has actually just closed. Now that I'm thinking about today being July 4th. But if they email faircatchfoundation at gmail.com, there's a good chance that they'll still be able to squeeze their, their youth in for, um, for this upcoming Saturday. Okay. Faircatchfoundation.com. Faircatchfoundation at gmail.com. We'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast with Jeremy Hills. Don't go anywhere. Um, I was able to uh, spend a little time with Jeremy at the Boys and Girls Club, uh, Boys and Girls Club's uh, luncheon with uh, with he and Steve Sarkeesian. We'll get his thoughts on the new Texas football coach when we come back right here on the flagship podcast with Jeremy Hills. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jeremy, um, back here on the uh, flagship podcast. Thanks so much for taking some time with us. And again, uh, make sure you you get over to uh, faircatchfoundation.com to uh, check out everything going on with his Pro Stars Camp July 10th. And the collective, I mean, it's an unbelievable um, vision for uh, elite performance training and a really elite performance living in this incredible space that, uh, that Jeremy has going um, 3,000. I mean, my God, it's, it's uh, 3,000 square feet just for co-working space. How, right. how many yeah. square feet total? It's 20,000 square feet all, all in all. Right there off of South Congress. Um, and it's, uh, it's just an unbelievable uh, performance facility, life facility, really. And, and Jeremy, I love that you're, you stay close in touch with Texas football. And, of course, you, you're training Joseph Osai right now, former Longhorn who uh, is going to be playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. And... And you got to spend a little time with Steve Sarkeesian at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Austin, um, their big fundraiser luncheon here recently. Give me your thoughts on, on the direction of the program. I always ask the guys who, who were at the height of the program, and you were in 2008 and 2009, and, you know, why, where has Texas football been? What has been the problem? Has it been lack of leadership? you know, throughout the university and some of the hires that have been made, what, you know, what, what's, where, where has Texas football been and, and where do you think it's going? Um, I mean, it's, it's, I can't make excuses because the, the playing field is fair. So as where I would like to say, man, you know, it's different these days. There's so many distractions. These kids come in they have this, I mean, it's the same way at, at, uh, at Miami. It's the same way at LSU. It's the same way at, uh, everywhere around the country where these programs have, you know, seemingly turned it around. But um, when I really look at it, it's not the recruiting. We're getting the talent. As I've, in, in a course, I've gotten a little, I guess you'd say some inside info in the opportunity to know these young boys or these young men at, at, on, a, on a personal level and work with them is the development of the talent is one piece that I've seen where we need some work. Um, yeah. We having we are having guys come in that have proven to the point of the high school level of, of sport that they have the raw ability and the upside to play at Texas at the D1 level, right? But we're not seeing the hardest transition from high school to college other than, you know, developing the physical body is understanding the demands of the sport from the mental perspective of what this game is. Football is a beautiful chess match and you have to develop and you have to understand that chess-like mentality to, to understand your assignment and how that works in the overall picture. And what I've noticed is, is that these young guys just haven't truly understood the mental side of football. They don't understand some of the, the things that instilled in us when I was at Texas, which is situational football tendencies and where do they show up? Like 
the difference between a route that's ran into the boundary versus into the field versus down by four late in the game into the boundary in the medium type situation, let's say third and six, and how the, the, the small nuances that change just by situations, like it, they just understand their assignment. Like I have a, I have a six yard curl on this route. I run a six yard curl on this route. And then, you know, the progression from that is if I see man coverage, I run it this way. If I see zone coverage, I run it this way, but it's so many other levels from there. It's like, all right, what's the actual situation? What was the score? Where are we at on the field? What is the tendencies from his team? What is the safety showing me about his alignment? We, obviously we can't tell depth, but we can tell width. how far is he off the hash? What am I seeing from the backers? Are they shading my way? It's so much that goes into it that makes it's beautiful when smart, athletic, talented teams put it all together. We've been athletic and young men are smart, but we haven't been able to put it all together for quite some time. So what you'll see is, and this is what I've seen with Texas, you'll see these amazing flashes of just this, this talent that you like. How do we capture this lightning in the bottle? And we can't because we don't truly grasp it. We don't understand it. And since we don't understand it, we'll tap into potential at times, and then we'll go back to what we know and who we are. And that's basically underachievers. We've been underachievers simply because we haven't been truly developed. And I think that's been the main thing. Uh, that's what I'm honestly excited to see from this next regime is like, not, don't try to get me excited in, in February with the recruiting classes. I expect that piece. Um, I'm not overly excited about a spring game if I'm being hundred percent honest. Um, how do you adjust on a week to week basis from the talent you have and how the other team is trying to prevent or attack that talent? And then how do the players adjust their game to continue to move forward and instill their will and be who they are. That adaptation throughout the course of the season and the ability to do so consistently or not is what I think will either have us winning or have us beating teams that we're just better than and losing teams that are equal to us, equal to our talent. That's honestly how I feel. Yeah, because that was that was the thing. I mean, under Mac, um, up through that 08, 09 season, Texas just didn't lose games they were supposed to win. Right. And, you know, when they ran up against a top five OU or something, it might go either way. But um, it was, you know, the program and I've talked to Dan Neal about this. Winning is a habit and that winning culture. Once it gets going, the belief can become so strong. The players just always believe they're going to find a way to win. And when that goes away and you have losing, losing can become a habit and you can. Yeah. You can start to find ways to lose games. And it seems like Texas is right in the middle here. Right. Of, of going back up to where you all were back in 08 and 09. Do you, do you sense that? I, I definitely, I can't, I, let me say this. I can see it. I can see, it. I can see why somebody would say that. Uh, but one thing major Apple used to always say is, guess what? You got to play the game. <laughs> like, yep. like, and, and it, as simple as that is it's like man come September you're gonna strap up and you gotta play the game and 
it's, it's different when the live bullets are flying. It's different when you prepare for something all week and then they come out as something different because that's their job. They're supposed to do the same thing. And they come out as something different that you guys weren't prepared for. And then the adjustments have to be made between series and you only, you don't have time to study at all. I need to know my, I need to know my, my system forward, backward, backward, forward to where adjustments can be made throughout. And we're all on the same page. We're mature enough to handle it. And now in the next series, we win. That's the chess match. So it, until we start to see that piece and until you start, you, what you are starting to see, and this is one thing I really like about Texas, where we're at, you are starting to see the dominant players dominate. We are starting to see some of that. So as to, for us, for example, it was Brian Arakpo. As a team, Rack was our leader. We expected Rack to dominate, and he did. You know, like, so yeah. you are starting to see, like, those special, special, special players take over games. We've seen it some with Joseph Osai last year. I want to say uh, Oklahoma State yep. was his kind of coming out party. And you've seen him play at a really high level with a high mode. Like, you are starting to see that piece. So when good, when your great players are playing great, that helps. But as far as, like, the, the, the overall team, um, it's going to take more than one, one or two people kind of pulling us in that direction. Um, I remember a, a coach of mine at Texas used to always say, like, you know, you, you, he visualized it, the analogy he used was like, we're all on a bus and then the bus breaks down and you only got three kind of people. Uh, you either got people that sit on a bus and they, they bitch and complain about the bus being broken down and they're doing absolutely nothing for it. And then you got people that are on the bus and, you know, they're, they're sitting and they're not complaining. But, you know, if the others start complaining, they won't stop them. But if somebody gets out to pull it, they might help them. And then you got some people that get off the bus, they tie their shirts together, and they start pulling that bus forward to get it where they want it to go. And it's like, you need more people like that that are going to pull this program in the direction that it needs to go. Because not everybody is a leader. Not You're not going to have 100-plus college football players pulling in one direction. You'll have the leaders either pulling their program one way and then the followers getting on board and then the snowball effect, letting something special happen, or, you know, you'll just sit stagnant. And that's where this program has been for a while is in this stagnant state. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a good visual uh, of, of where things are and what it's going to take. Um, because that 2000, that 2008 and 2009 teams, you mentioned, you know, Arakpo, um, what made those teams special? Oh, man. Uh, I, it, the easiest answer is pride. But when I tell you that we worked, we worked. Nobody had to tell us to work. When I, I Honestly, I remember my freshman year, I wasn't aware. This is When I say we worked, I wasn't aware that certain stuff was voluntary. And the coaches never even brought it up. It wasn't the coaching staff. It was like Colt would tell us we're on the field at this time in the middle of the summer. I thought that was what we had to do. I thought that was just a part of being here. <laughs> like I, I, I wasn't aware that, you know, per NCAA rules, we got this amount of time that we can practice under coaches, uh, basically visual viewpoint, whatever, under his, his leadership, whatever. And then, you know, if we want to practice extra on our own and we have the right to do so, literally I thought it was all, a part of being here at Texas. I thought it was a part of the program. And, and that's how we, that's how our leaders led. That's how we worked. We showed up, we got extra reps. We stayed later. Like when, 
at times where we could have went home, me being from Houston, I could have went to Houston. It was, yeah, you can go to Houston. And I know, you know, seeing your, your family and your, your friends is definitely important. But um, yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, we're doing this and this at this time here. I don't know if you want to be a part of the offense, I need you there. That, that was it. it. Like, that was it. That was, it was, at an early age, we treated it like not just a scholarship, but our job. We treated it like it's our responsibility to make sure that we are as tight as we need to be so that when we hit August, day one install shouldn't even be a thing. We should be on day eight. It's tough. We got to get ahead. We, sh we should be on day eight by that time. Like we shouldn't be installing the offense. We shouldn't be installing inside zone and trying to work tracks and get our timing. We had all summer to do that on our own. We ought to hit day one installing again, day eight's worth of material. And the only way you can do that is if you take the time to put the work in, had the pride and, and basically the discipline to, to accept that responsibility as your own. Um, yeah. Again, I'm not there at the program every single day. So I, it, 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 it would be far-fetched at best to say that I can tell you if they are or they're not doing that. But you asking me what the difference was with us was simply that guys wanted to win. Don't get me wrong. Guys had bigger goals. Guys wanted to play in the NFL. They wanted to do – that was always present. But while we're here, three years, four years, five years, I want to win. I want to leave my mark on this program. We would walk those halls every day, and we would see those guys that were enshrined. They had plaques enshrined, all Americans. Guys that would be – like, that would never leave those hallways. We wanted – individually, guys wanted that. As a team, we seen what those trophy cases looked like, and we knew we wanted to put hardware there. Our name would be written there forever. No matter whatever happens, as long as there is a Texas football program, you'll see my name underneath the 2009 Big 12 championship team. Yeah. Like, well, that it, type it, of pride is is what we what we wanted, and I and I don't I won't call it a question, but what every person has to ask themselves and be honest with the answer is. How much does it mean to you? Yeah. When you look at a guy like Colt McCoy, still still in the NFL. Right. Does that surprise you? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, yeah. it's the most respectful way possible. Colt is like a junkyard dog. He's going to, he's, you, you're going to have to rip him away. You're going to have to rip him away. And he's going to, I get, I can guarantee, and, and I don't talk to Colt every day or even every week or every month. I can guarantee that the man that I know is studying every single day as if he's preparing to be the starter. Yeah. You're not going to surprise him by what you put on. It's not going to happen. The leadership qualities are natural and they're there. Like, for you telling me that he's still in a, the only way that that guy is, would not be in the NFL anymore is when that arm gives out. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So as long as that's not the case, then he's he's good. He'll he'll continue to be there. Well, you mentioned one of your your best friends being David Mugaletta, and he he's a Texas guy. Yeah, and now he's one of the top agents in the NFL. I mean, yes. talk about him and his drive and and how you all work together. Man, that's funny. Uh, back in the day, so he's a little bit older than me. I met him. Him and my brother Tony were really good friends. 
And uh, I met David, I want to say he was like a junior in college and I was a senior in college. And I said, yeah, because him and Tony were the same year. So he was a senior in college and I was getting ready to come to UT. And um, we used to play video games together, laugh and joke. And we were just just college, like basically friends. Right. And then he went on to go to law school at Nebraska and he interned at Athletes First. And his story is pretty amazing in itself. Like he went from being an intern to at the same. He's only worked for one company through his entire professional career. And at um at the now he's the president of team sports at that same company that he was the intern for and and he's built a resume that's quite impressive to be honest and and one thing we've always said is we'll put the friendship first and we'll work together where it makes sense we don't force our business on each other and and that's been something that we stuck to over I don't even know how many years it's been, but that's been something that we stuck to over all these years. And I think that it's benefit uh, not only to both of us, but it's benefited uh, everybody that we worked with uh, together. on. So it's it's been pretty cool. It's been a, a good journey. And it's not all the time that you get a chance to, to be close with somebody um, and then have a working relationship with them and that be equally as, as successful as the personal relationship. You know, my son is uh, is, is heading off to college and I always tell them, you know, be aware of your surroundings and who you're talking to and, and networking, right? Because, you know, they always say what, what starts here at Texas changes the world. And, and, you know, it's life is about who, you know, not what, you know, but, you know, that networking component, Jeremy, how important is that? It is. I mean, it's everything. Um, at the end of the day, what I know is that even if people forget, you know, what you said, they'll never forget how you made them feel. And, and that's what, you know, networking is. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, multi, it's, it's layers to networking, right? It's I have a need for something. I meet Chip. He has the ability or the, uh, the capacity for my need. And then, boom, we collab on that thing. But a lot of times networking is I met Chip. We talked. Uh, man, he got to know me, I got to know him. And then time goes by days, weeks, months, years, and Chip is doing this really cool thing. And he remembered Jeremy. He remembered, you know what, Jeremy would be great for this. There was this guy I met this time. Let me see what he's doing. And I think that, like, never forget that piece. Like, you, you, because you never know where people end up at, you should I mean, just being a good person, you should treat people right. But just if you, if it's just for networking purposes alone, you never know what people end up at. You should definitely treat every single person with the respect that you would treat your boss or your the person that's hiring you or the person, like whatever it is, however it is that you treat people when you want something from them, that's how you be, should be walking through life treating people regardless. Yeah. So uh, when I think of networking, that's truly what I think about is like, uh, your ability to make an impact on somebody and a lasting impression to where when opportunity presents itself, they think of you. And and uh, that's important. So, I, man, good luck to your son at this next level, this next phase. And uh, hopefully he he gets some really good networking going on with some good grades as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, Jeremy Hills, man, I could talk to you for for hours. I really appreciate the time. Is there anything else you think is important for people to know about what you have going with the collective? Is there any information you want to give out in terms of how people 
can reach you if they're interested in becoming a part of the collective. Um, right. You, you just let, let them have it. No, for sure. Uh, all of my social handles are just J Hills five J H I L L S. And then the number five, um, they can go to the collective.com and, and, you know, that we have it right now. We just have it, the ability for people to put their email in and receive newsletter and updates, et cetera. Um, hey, follow follow the collectors page on Instagram, uh, collective.inc, and you'll get a chance to to see this vision, you know, truly come to life as we're documenting the entire thing and, and rolling it out on that platform. And and I'm just excited. Again, that's that's probably the legacy project. That's the one that when I think about how Fortunate I've been to be in Austin over the, the oh, literally over a decade now, and all of this, what this city has given me, I think this is my opportunity to give back to this city in a, in a way that, you know, expresses my talent, my interest, and and my level of expertise. So I'm excited about it. Uh, Chip, you got to come by. We got to oh, have you by. And and man, let's let's do this again soon. Hey, I love it. Jeremy Hills, everybody. Um, don't forget the, uh, the, the, uh, the pro stars camp, July 10th, get over to uh, faircatchfoundation.com for the information on that. And, uh, Jeremy just told you how to get all the information on, uh, the collective, which is this incredible, um, new lifestyle, high performance living facility and um i'm just excited for you jeremy you you've you've made a name for yourself with hard work grit determination and and you deserve all the good things coming to you my friend and thank you, brother. really appreciate your time here today on the flagship podcast oh thank you thank you thanks for having me i, I can't wait to come back you know i gotta come back right oh yeah oh yeah we'll get updates on uh what's going on with the collective and say hi to your brother tony for me oh Beetlejuice. yeah Oh, Beetlejuice. No, he'll actually be there Friday at our uh, at our little open house. So if you you, uh, you get a chance, you got to come by. I love it. I love it. Well, for Jeremy Hills, I am Chip Brown. Thanks to everybody for listening to the flagship podcast. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. CBS Tonight, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale tonight, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.